And welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. Please search for the Champs Corner podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any other podcast apps. Uh, we're going to review Alabama's spring signing day briefly. We're going to talk a lot about the Birmingham Irons season opening win over the Memphis Express. What a dominating defensive performance there in, in front of uh, almost a sold-out stadium at Legion Field. And uh, we will have Mark Jennings on to talk about that and take listener questions. So first off, uh, Mark, my co-host, how you doing? Drew, it is a pleasure to be on your podcast this week. Coming off of a big win for our iron this Saturday, taking care of our, our rival, uh, the hated Memphis Express. It's Valentine's Day. Drew loves in the air. I just made love to my wife right before the podcast. So I'm I'm ready to go. I'm excited to be here, Drew. I'm feeling real good. I'm ready to talk about some football, Drew. We don't get a lot to we don't usually talk a lot about football here in the middle of February, but I'm ready to do it this week. Drew, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing really well, Mark, and I'm glad you made some time for this podcast on Valentine's Day. Uh, <clears throat> the hundreds of thousands of listeners that we had over the last week. I know they're going to be excited to have another one as we head into week two of the Alliance of American football season. We'll talk a little more about the Irons opponent, uh, the Salt, you know, the Salt Lake City Stallions, Salt Lake Stallions at home at Legion Field, one o'clock Saturday um, on TNT, I believe. And it's going to be game two, the Iron 1 and 0. Briefly, Alabama signing day, they signed three players. They add defensive lineman Byron Young out of uh, Mississippi. He had been committed to Alabama for quite a while. Keelan Robinson, a running back out of Washington, D.C., he had also been committed for quite a while. Those guys just didn't sign in the in the December period. And then they add another elite Louisiana prospect. It seems like Alabama gets multiple players from Louisiana who are really high-level players every year. Uh, Ishmael Sopcher is this year's player uh, out of Amit, Louisiana, a former teammate of Devontae Smith, I believe, and just uh, <clears throat> another just you know twenty seven signees. There's there's room for a couple more late ones, I think. And you know, sure enough, they missed out on some guys. You know, Chris Bogle flipped his commitment to Florida. They missed out on Henry Toa to Tennessee. He didn't go to Washington. He went to Tennessee. But Mark, uh, just what are your some of your thoughts on the class and and the, the guys that Alabama added in the last week? Well, one guy I really like that they added that that uh, they held on to, or a lot of people think they were going to let go. That's Keelan Robinson, of course. Uh, I compared him before to Ontario Hardesty. I think that holds on to be true. I think uh, as he bulks up and he gets a lot bigger and puts on a lot of muscle mass, and he has the frame to put on a lot more muscle mass and maintain his speed and agility. He's really going to help out on offense a whole lot later in his career. Uh, he's going to follow the career path sort of the same way Josh Jacobs did. I don't think he's going to end up being as good as Josh Jacobs, uh, but he's a fantastic player. He's going to be, be, you know, be a Swiss Army knife, as I like to call it, on offense. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can obviously run the ball. He's going to be a great blocker. Uh, he's going to be a key part of the Alabama offense here in a couple of years. Yeah, I don't think they uh, they need him to be a star right away, but just you know develop for a year or two, and then maybe in the latter part of his college career, he'll have a chance to put up some big numbers. But I like his skill set. Uh, what about Sopcher? I'm not sure if we've comped him before on a podcast. Uh, you may have said it, you know, a few months ago. But uh, what are your, what's your thoughts on Alabama getting this big defensive lineman? 
Well, I think he's one of the best defensive linemen in the country this year, maybe the best defensive lineman in the country. Uh, I just love the ways he plays. He's a big-time defensive tackle. He's huge, uh, but he's got great speed and quickness, great athleticism for a defensive lineman. That's really what you're looking for these days. He's a guy who's going to be a first-round draft pick in three years as soon as he's eligible. Uh, we, you know, we talked about before, we caught him before. He reminds me a lot of a guy out of the, the state of Georgia, uh, right next to Alabama, city of Columbus, uh, played in the SEC. Of course, I'm talking about Gabe Wright. And I think that Ishmael Sopshire is going to have the same type of career in the SEC and go on the same, same type of success in the NFL that Gabe Wright has had. Yeah, Gabe Wright, uh, he's you know, still in the league after coming out in 2015, fourth-round draft pick, played with, I believe, five teams, but, you know, still making some money. You know, he, maybe he's a future iron player in a few years, but uh, Gabe Wright's a pretty good player. That's a great comparison. Um where could Alabama look to add some players? You know, because it seems like they probably do have one or two spots left if they want to get a late signee or a late transfer or anything like that. Yeah, you know, we talk about signing day. We think it's the end of the recruiting, but it's really not. I guarantee you Alabama's going to add a grad transfer or two. Uh, I, I definitely think they're going to add a, a grad transfer, probably at tight end. Uh, would be my first <clears> guess <throat> for position, maybe even at punter. Uh, but Alabama recruiting is not over with, and they're going to have another player or add another player to the roster before uh, summer gets here. All right, and I can't wait to talk more about that as they start to get some of these guys. We'll take a deep dive into the 2020 class and some future podcasts this spring, but I really wanted to devote a lot of this podcast to talking about the iron and answering some listener questions. Birmingham Iron 26, Memphis Express 0. The game was broadcast on CBS Network for CBS Sports Network for the whole nation to see. And man, what a performance it was, Marco! Did this? Uh, before we get into some individual performances, did did anything about this surprise you? It wasn't surprising to me at all, Drew. You know the the type of influence I've had on creating the roster, and I knew we were going to have a shutdown defense. Drew Memphis struggled on offense, the quarterback situations up in the air. Uh, but I, I can't say I'm surprised at all. In fact, I put a whole lot of money on, on Birmingham Iron minus three last week. You know, I'm always looking for ways to expand my wealth, and you had the insider information that I did. Uh, that's certainly something I'm going to take advantage of to, to help me financially. So I put a whole lot of money on the Iron minus three, and, and I haven't decided what I'm going to do this week. Uh, I, I don't know what the line is against the Stallions coming up, but I'll look at it and I'll look at the other. You know, I don't, I don't know just about the Iron. I know about other teams in the, in the in the Alliance, and I'll see what those lines are and see if I can make money uh, that way. But uh, it was fantastic, Drew. I took out some of my money. Be proud of me. I took it to Caden a little care package. Uh, send him some Oreos all the way in South Carolina. Hope he enjoys those while he's in basic training. So uh, it was a great week for me, Drew. Yeah, I hope Caden's doing well. I know you guys missed him on Valentine's Day, right? We really did, Drew. My wife was kind of sad he was gone. She was thinking about him a whole lot. But, uh, yeah, we missed him a lot. Uh, I hope I hope he's doing well. I know he's having the time of his life over at Paris Island. All right. Hey, um, <clears throat> I know obviously things at the office have to be pretty uh, – I'm sure it's been very optimistic, great mood – over in the front office, I know you're you're busy with all your all your ventures, but ha- how's the uh, how's the mood at the Birmingham Iron Office this week? The mood's great, Drew. I, to be honest, I do want to clear the clear the air about some things. You know, we're all excited about the team winning and uh, and the chance of really making another stride this week and going to two and zero. Uh, and we really feel like we're getting off on the right foot this season. 
but unfortunately, this is a business, and and you know, uh, we're in it to to run a professional organization. Sometimes we get people that work for us that aren't as professional, and so this week we had to let a social media intern go. Uh, that person was putting out some incorrect information on t- the Twitter page regarding my status with the team. Uh, I feel bad for this person because that person didn't know me personally and and didn't know my influence with the team. Uh, so it's a, really an unfortunate situation, but you can't lie to your consumer base about what's going on with the team. And so we had to let that person go. So if anybody is is troubled by that or what's going on or has any questions about the team, uh, has any questions for me or my role with the team, have any questions about personnel decisions, uh, potential trades we might be making, uh, you guys can always call the service number of the Birmingham Iron. It's area code 205-847-1616. That's 205-847-1616. You can call us there. I'm not guaranteed to be in. Of course, I have my golf course I have to maintain. Uh, Big-time golf season's coming up with spring right around the corner. So I might not be there. Uh, but if you want to leave me a message or leave me a voicemail, they'll get that to me and I'll answer your question. And uh, just leave me, leave me a way to contact you. I'll try to get in contact with you as soon as I get a chance. So uh, that's the way you can contact. If you have any questions about the team, there's also a number you can call to go buy some tickets if you like. So you might want to go ahead and do that. We had a huge crowd over there last Sunday. I expect to have another huge crowd this Sunday. So if you haven't bought tickets yet, go ahead and do that. But I just wanted to clear the air on that, Drew, and, and I hope that was informative to all the listeners. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. And I think, uh, what was the crowd? I know there were hundreds of thousands of people there, or maybe not that much, but there was at least 70,000 people at the game, right? Yeah, I don't remember the exact number. It was over 71,000. I'm very disappointed in the mayor, to be honest with you. Uh, If you notice, they still have the tarps on at Legion Field. The mayor wants those there for some reason. Uh, The mayor is is a, a fan of another Birmingham football team, not a professional team. And the mayor's a little embarrassed about the success the Iron have had and the success the Iron are going to have. So the mayor wants to keep the green tarps on the seats to, to I, I don't know what the reasoning is. I guess because he's embarrassed about this, the number of people who are coming to our games, but not his team's games. So uh, that's a frustrating thing right now. So hopefully we can convince the mayor to remove those tarps and, and maybe we can fit 100,000 people in the stands. But uh, we're, we're getting there, Drew. We're thrilled with all the people that came out. We had to turn about 20,000 people away. A lot of people didn't think that we'd sell out so quickly. They showed up to the gate thinking they could just buy a ticket, and, and that's not what happened. That's unfortunate. But hopefully those people got tickets for this week and go, they can come see the iron. Yeah, first off, Mark, I need to thank you for letting me sit in the suite with you this week. I had a great time. I was going to just purchase a ticket myself, Um, but obviously I didn't do my research, and then I checked the secondary market, you know, on SeatGeek and StubHub, and tickets were about 250 bucks, so uh, I really appreciate you getting me up in your suite. Well, that's not a problem, Drew. I don't have an issue with that. You know, uh, we used to have us. We were formerly once sponsored by SeatGeek. Uh, but, but frankly, I'm not a big fan of their service, and that's why they don't sponsor us anymore. Uh, so I'm glad you didn't buy from them. Uh, I am glad you got to see the game, though, Drew. I hope you had a great time in the owner's box meeting everybody, and I uh, hope you had a good time in the locker room after the game. I don't know if you're supposed to share that or not, but you were in the locker room with me. and It was a fantastic time, Drew. I loved having you. I hope we can do it again soon. I'm not sure about this coming up Saturday, uh, but we'll see before the, uh, before the end of the season. We can get you up there again. Yeah, I can't wait. I know there's four more home games and then the playoffs. So, 
it, it, there, there's plenty of time, plenty of opportunities for fans to watch the Birmingham Iron at home this year, take some road trips, and then the uh, then the, and then the playoffs after the regular season. So, hey, Marka, you had a tweet the other day that set off a, a, a one faction of the listeners or the the fans of the Iron. Or, and it basically just it said, uh, you know, we in the Iron Ownership Group are trying to win football games by building a team full of big-time players. Having mediocre players on our team would make it difficult to do so. And it seemed pretty straightforward to me, but it seemed like uh, there was one fan base that really – one college fan base that really uh, – they were they were very angry towards you, uh, Mark. Uh, do you, do you, can you fathom why? I have no clue why, Drew. I did not mention that team's name. We're talking about UAB, of course. I didn't mention their team's name in anywhere in my tweet. Apparently, I just inferred incorrectly that I was talking about them. They're very sensitive, apparently. But I never mentioned UAB, uh, to be honest with you. you know, I don't know why they're so offended to Darius Williams. I'd love to have with the with the iron, but I recommended him to my good friend Ozzie Newsom and the, Ravens, and the Baltimore Ravens, and he's still there. So I don't know what you want us to do, so... Uh, maybe one day we have some iron players in the team. You know, we're evaluating eight to ten guys from last year's UAB team who probably aren't are going to get cut by an NFL training camps in August and need a place to go play. So we're looking at those guys, you know, guys like Justice Powers, offensive lineman, wide receiver Colin Lisa, uh, defensive end Jamel Garcia Williams, linebacker Chris, Chris Wolbright. Excuse me. You know, I, we're looking at all these guys that went to UAB, and we'd love to have them play for the Iron one day, but we're not going to take any old bum off the street that went to UAB and put him on the roster. You know, I'm not going to go to the brain surgeon or whatever UAB and ask him if he wants to play for the Iron just because he works at UAB or whatever. That'd be a pretty silly thing to do. So, uh, I don't know why those people are so offended. Frankly, uh, uh, you know, I think they need to show a little, maybe develop a little bit of sense, uh, I don't, not even a sense of humor, but maybe some emotional maturity so they don't get offended all the time by uh, something I say on the internet that they think is supposed to offend them. Yeah, and then somebody uh, tweeted at Mark Jennings 55 and asked, well, if, if they inferred that you were saying UAB was mediocre, they asked, well, are Troy and South Alabama mediocre as well? And we, we have some players from those schools on our iron this year, right, Mark? Yeah, we do. Frankly, it's arguable that the best defensive player on the iron is Jonathan Massacoy, who went to Troy. Uh, he is a fantastic player. Uh, I hated to lose Troy quarterback Brandon Silvers to the Express, but the, honestly, the, the the mayor again wanted us to to draft Blake Sims. Uh, so you know Blake Sims on team now he's done a fine job for us so far. Nothing against him, but you know we really wanted Brandon Silvers, South Alabama tight end Braden Bowman. Uh, frankly, I thought he'd be the top tight end of the league, uh, but he suffered that knee injury as you saw at the game Sunday, and he's on IR now and. Hopefully he can come back by the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, we're looking for the best players possible. We're just not going to take any bums off the street. And you know, if, uh, I don't know why people get so offended by that. Yeah, how about the defense? Just really phenomenal. I know Memphis did have one drive late in the game that where they got inside the ten, a, a big fourth down stop, and then they missed a field goal. Um, with Coach Lewis and such a big hire, you know, I was not really familiar with him, but it seems like he it's a really impressive defensive resume as as an NFL assistant coach. 
It really is. You know, I, I've always known he's one of the brightest defensive minds in the country just sitting out there waiting for a head coaching job, and I'm so glad that we snatched him up. You know, you look at the guys of defense, the front seven, Beniquez Brown, already talked about Jonathan Massacoy. That whole front seven dominated the game just like I said they would in the podcast last week or two weeks ago, I believe. Uh, so we're real thrilled right now at part of the Birmingham Iron family, and, and we're so glad, again, that so many people came out and, and we look forward to having that many out again this week. And it's just to see another fantastic iron game with the fantastic iron football team. Yeah. Uh, quarterback Luis Perez was phenomenal, I thought. And this is a guy that obviously not many people knew about when the, when the iron, when you guys selected him in the first round of the quarterback draft. Um, but now it seems like I read a tweet that it, six or eight NFL franchises had contacted, had been in contact with Perez since the since the game and and I wondered if uh if that meant that they would be able to just sign Perez right now and if if it, if they did that would he be able to finish the season with iron well NFL teams can sign alliance football players but alliance football players are going to finish out the season with the with their team uh, as soon as the game ended Sunday I had six NFL teams contact me immediately after the game uh a lot of a lot of NFL teams good growing or have a lot of interest in him uh, but he, obviously, he's committed to leading the the, the iron to the championship this season. Uh, he wants to make a deep playoff run of this team. He loves the team. He loves the city of Birmingham. And then after that, he'll be in NFL camp. But for right now, Luis Perez is a is a proud member and loves being part of the Birmingham Iron. All right. And then they released, or you guys released the depth chart uh, right before the game started. I know some teams, for some franchises, puts put out some depth charts in the middle of the week. The Iron waited until about two hours for kickoff, and then uh, Blake Sims, the former Alabama quarterback who started uh, set some passing records under Lane Kiffin in 2014, he was actually the third team quarterback, not the starter, not the backup. What's going on with Blake Sims there? Well, yeah, I mentioned this before a little bit. You know, the, the mayor uh, being in his city uh, had had some influence on roster selections that I wasn't real thrilled with, so. Uh, Blake Sims is on the team. We're real proud of what the work he's done. We think he's making a great third-string quarterback, and the top two guys get hurt. We look for him to be able to come in and, and do a real admirable job out there. Uh, but, but frankly, again, we talked about wanting Brandon Silvers before. Uh, Keith Price, we think, is a great quarterback, three-year starter in the Pac-8. Did a great did a great job out there, and and you know if Luis Perez goes down, we think Keith Price is the guy to take over full time. All right. How about the run game and the offensive line? Trent Richardson scored a couple of touchdowns on short yardage situations. He also had a fumble, and then so did Ladarius Perkins, who played at Mississippi State. What needs to improve in the run game? Well, the offensive line isn't great right now. Uh, for one, you know, it's a lot. It's really tough to find really quality offensive linemen at this level that can block the the defensive guys in front of them. Uh, and secondly. It takes a lot of time for offensive lines to merge together and just having a three-week training camp with four guys you've never played with. That's something that takes time to get better and time to get used to. And I think the offensive linemen are going to improve not only for our team but across the league because of that simple thing. I thought Trent Richardson, I thought he did okay. He did have that big fumble I didn't like. Uh, but frankly, he has to work out the bad techniques that Coach uh, Cardinal Williams coached into him. Uh, you know, there's a reason that Cornell Williams isn't part of the Iron family anymore, and, and we had to let him go because that fumble 
uh, that Trent Richardson had in the middle of the game. That's basically because he was doing something that Carnell Williams taught him to do. And and that's why Car- Coach Williams doesn't coach for us anymore. We look, again, we we hope for all the best for his future. But uh, Trent Richardson's just got to work and get that out of him. All right. Who are some other iron players that really caught your eye in the game on Sunday? I thought Xavier Dixon would have had a fantastic game, to be honest with you. Uh, really exceeded my expectations. Another guy's former UConn cornerback, Jamar Summers. Uh, Cole Mass, a long snapper, of course. I think he's the best long snapper in the league, without a doubt, to be honest with you. Uh, of course, Nick Novak, former Philadelphia Eagle, now living in Birmingham, playing for the Irons. So I thought those players really exceeded my expectations. All right. And then what can you tell us about Salt Lake, the Stallions? Um, I didn't get a chance to watch their game on Sunday night, but what can you tell me about the makeup of the franchise? Any any players to watch, anything like that? Well, what I'm really concerned about with playing the Stallions is I've been in touch with some the religious people in town. I'm worried about uh, by playing against people from Salt Lake, about our players becoming Mormon. I've been assured that that is not going to be the case uh, but I've been praying for our players either way that they only convert to Mormonism. If that's something that's really in their heart and desire. Uh, about the team, you know, I think uh, their quarterback, I think, is pretty good. Josh Woodrum out of Liberty University. Uh, he's the starting quarterback. I think he can sling it pretty good. Uh, they had a tough matchup last Saturday going or last weekend going against the Hot Shots. I think the Hot Shots might be the best, uh, really, or not the best team in the league. The team that give us the most trouble on the way to the championship. So uh, if we had a Birmingham Iron Arizona Hot Shot uh, AAF championship in Las Vegas in, in a few months, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But I, I like a lot about Salt Lake. I like Josh Wood from the quarterback. He can sleep pretty good. I'm interested in seeing what they do on the road against the, uh, a defense, the quality of ours, though. All right. And I know when we talked about college prospects, when they commit to Utah, you say they automatically become Mormon. What if you're a professional player and you sign a contract with a Utah-based professional franchise? I don't. I just assumed you became Mormon by by doing that. Is that not the case? That's what I've always assumed. I mean, I know as a fact that if you sign with Utah or BYU – uh, or Utah State, or one of those schools, any school in Utah, uh, Southern Utah University even plays Division Two. If you you become Mormon, I sign in there. So I just assume if you sign a professional contract, you become Mormon. By is that okay. is that not right? You know, I you mean, know, I, we know it's like Carl Malone's a Mormon, right? We know yeah. that. Uh, you know, all the players have gone through Jeff Hornacek's Mormon, all because they played for Utah at one point. Ah, that makes perfect sense now. Gordon Hayward's a Mormon too, right? That's correct. All right. Yeah. Donovan Donovan Mitchell's a Mormon. You know, all those guys. Mark Eaton, huge Mormon. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Well, let's uh, let's get to some listener questions. We've got a few of them this week. Uh, tell everybody how they can find you on social media, Mark. Well, I just gave away my phone number, but if you have questions for the podcast or. Uh, uh, you I mean, want to leave a little note? You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Mark Jennings55. That's at Mark Jennings55. You can also email me. My email address is markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. That's one word, markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. But to be honest with you, the best thing to do is just tweet at me. You know, we've got over 300,000, I believe, Twitter followers now. And thanks for every single one of you uh, for following. And, and uh, y'all asked some great questions. and uh, I really do appreciate it, and I'm really looking forward to answering some this week, Drew, so let's get to it. 
All right. Tyler at AU underscore Tyler 41. With the recent news that the Raiders are looking to play in Birmingham this upcoming NFL season at beautiful Legion Field, do you all in the iron ownership have any problems with sharing this amazing sporting venue with another organization? We have no problem with that, Drew. You know, the the way the AEF is set up is not designed to compete with the NFL. It's supposed to work with the NFL. And so we could share the, the you know, the the black and silver uh, that we already show, share with the Raiders. We could also share a football stadium with them. That would just be great news. We'd love to develop a partnership with the Raiders and, and help them, and they can help us. And uh, I think it would be a fantastic opportunity, not just for us, but for the entire city of Birmingham. You know, we're the Birmingham Iron you know, we're not the Alabama Iron. We're located in the city of Birmingham, and, and we want what's best for the city of Birmingham and, and sharing a uh, Legion Field and having two big-time professional sports franchises in Birmingham would be great for the city, and uh, we think that would be a fantastic deal. All right, I, I agree as well. I hope the Raiders can play some home games at Legion Field uh, this coming up NFL season. Brandon Higgins at Brandon D. Higgins. Mark, as the Irons fan base continues to grow, do you need do you see the need to add the old gray ladies upper deck back in the offseason, or do we wait it out until Mark Jennings Stadium is completing completed in the downtown area in a few years? Roll iron roll. Well, that's an excellent question, Brandon. Thank you. I, I think we touched on this on a previous podcast. I don't remember, but I'll go over it again. Uh, we, we do expect the Birmingham Iron to be playing downtown, uh, in the downtown area in a few years. Uh, we're going to play in, in, in and we're going to play in a stadium where there aren't any green and gold seats. Let me put it that way. Uh, but yeah, we totally expect to be playing in a downtown area in just a few short years in a really modern day updated stadium. All right. Cameron Luke Ratliff at Fluffopotamus. 88. Mark, Kyler Murray declared for the NFL draft this week, committing to play football over baseball. Hypothetically speaking, if his NFL career doesn't pan out, which alliance of American football team would he most fit in at? I would also like to apologize for asking a bad question last week. Well, one thing I respect a lot about you at Fluffopotamus 88 is is the courage to get off the mat and ask another question. I think this is a Excuse me, had to had to hit the cough button real quick. Is to ask another question. This is a fantastic question, Fluffopotamus eighty eight. So thank you so much. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, by the time Kyler Murray is ready to come play at the Lions of American Football, we plan on having significantly more than eight teams. We we plan on expanding uh, pretty quickly, and I think the the fact that we've had so much success this past weekend really just shows why we should expand. We want that passion. Uh, to spread all over the country. Uh, so I can't really answer that question because there might be an AAF team in Oklahoma or, or Kansas or Nebraska, somewhere else in the Midwest uh, that he'd be playing for. So I can't really answer that question right now because I really don't know what the future holds. Uh, but we'll talk about we talk to uh, go to our winter meetings this winter and we talk about where we like to expand to. Uh, I'll let you know as soon as I know, Cameron. Thank you so much for your question. All right, we hear from Dustin Moore Chumbler at John Chumbler. I apologized if addressed on the last podcast, but you, have you found a business manager replacement for Caden yet? We have not. I'm glad you brought that up, Dustin. Thank you for your question. I'm glad you brought that up. We did get a, a resume from someone, a gentleman named Austin. That's A-U-S-T-Y-N. It had a, had a very promising resume. He's from Calera. 
Uh, the problem is Austin didn't give us any references, so we can't. You know, we have to throw that in the bin. And he's the he's the best resume we've had so far. Uh, so Austin, if you hear us and get back to us with some references, we'd love to talk to you uh, and maybe set up an interview. But uh, as of right now, we do not have a replacement for Caden. All right, Paul T. Graham asks Mark, looking around the Alliance of American Football, do you see any gems that are primed for the leap to the NFL? And can you retell the story of how you discovered our quarterback, Luis Perez? Well, you know, you, what gems are primed for the leap to the NFL? We talked about Luis Perez already. I think he's going to be signed with the NFL team by the time the season's over. And I love I love telling Luis Perez stories. One of my favorite stories is you know talking about a guy who went to Ote Ranch High School in Chula Vista, California. Uh, coach tried to play him as a tight end or wide receiver in a wing T offense, and he didn't want to do that. So he actually didn't play varsity football. He played uh, JV as a quarterback in the JV, but got moved positions when he got to the varsity level and just quit. And and he'd given it up. Went to go trying to be a professional bowler. He's a fantastic bowler. I'll tell you about the time it came to my, my old bowling alley. Or we went to my old bowling alley, I should say, together. Uh, we'll tell that story for another podcast. Uh, but he picked it up, went to junior college, uh, you know, really showed out junior college. Uh, and he did that because I saw his film when he was in sub-varsity playing at the JV level, and I told him that he needs to get back and play quarterback because he's got a lot of potential there. And that's not something you can just give up. So, uh, he went to Southwestern College in, June, in uh, Chula Vista, no experience at the high school level. Uh, started quarterback there and, and really built his way up the depth chart. And, and before you know it, he's uh, playing Texas A&M Commerce, winning the Harlan Hill Trophy for the best player in Division II. I had a little cup of coffee at NFL with the Rams. The Rams hated letting him go, and now he's back with the iron. So uh, I've had a lot of influence with him. Uh, he's, I'm, I'm the reason that we picked him to be honest with you, because I knew the story and I vouched for him to the rest of the front office. And, uh, we are so excited to have him. He's excited about being in Birmingham. Uh, it's just a fantastic, he's a fantastic young man to go a long way. And, and he's a really young guy too. I believe he's only 25. So he's got plenty of future left ahead of him, uh, playing, uh, quarterback at the professional level. And I'm so glad that he's had the success he has. Could not happen to a better person than Luis Perez. Yeah, you mentioned the bowling alley. I know you used to be the overnight manager of a pretty successful alley. Uh, how is your old boss, Dwayne, doing these days? Well, I can't tell you where he is, Drew, uh, but I can tell you that he's doing real well, and he is having he's having the time of his life where he is. He's not in this country, obviously. Uh, he's in a country that he cannot be legally extradited uh, from that country to here. That's all I can tell you. But I certainly appreciate the the tips that he had in expanding my wealth. You know, without him, I never would have thought to to bet the iron minus three last week. Uh, but thanks to the influence, I thought I had this info. I had this inside information. It's up to me to capitalize on that, and because of that, I made a lot of money. So uh, I miss Dwayne a lot. I miss Dwayne every day, but I know he's having a great time wherever he is, and and he's doing real well. All right, we hear from. D at the Damon Wood. Mark, with all the coaching changes at Alabama, do the coaches that left have a leg up on Alabama because they know what we do, they know who we like to recruit, they know how we defend the type of offense and the type of defense, et cetera? 
I don't think that that's the case. I think you look at Alabama, you look at the the t- coaching turnover they have, and I really think that if you look at the spring signing day, a lot of people saying that they're disappointed or Alabama fans are disappointed in spring signing day, not getting everybody they want. That has a lot to do with coaching turnover, I think. I think Coach Saban realizes a very young coaching staff needs to get a little more mature, get a little more experience in the coaching staff. Uh, so I think that's what it was. I, I, I think, you know, we're talking about the Clemson game. We're only talking about one game. So – uh, I, I think the people really overblowing the situation. Um, you know, Alabama's can go out and get the best players they can every year, and the best players they can get are the best players in the country, and everybody knows who they are. So I don't think there's any advantage to other schools in that. And, uh, you know, and Coach Saban has shown that he, he's more than willing to change schemes throughout his career, so the way he's adjusted to the, no, uh, the hurry-up offense uh, on the defensive end and how he's adapted the hurry-up offense and the RPOs at, at, on the offensive end, I don't think that's really an issue. I think he's had a lot of young coaches last year, and and because of turn, coaching turnover this year, he didn't have the great finish that a lot of the Alabama fans wanted. All right, and we've got one final question, Mark. This question comes from Joseph Boland, and he asks, Mark, uh, Drew, I gotta are- be, Drew, I gotta be real honest with you. I'm running out of time. I gotta go break down some more film. I've neglected that, and I'm getting to get started on the 2020 and 2021 classes for high school. So, uh, Joseph Boland, I'm sure it's a fantastic question. Thank you for your question, but we really don't have time for that today. Uh, ask again, and we'll try to get to it next week. All right. Sorry about that, Joseph. We'll get you next week. I just want to thank everybody for listening. And, Mark, I want to thank you for taking some time to join us this week again. Go Iron, Drew. I'll talk to you again next week. Hopefully we'll be 2-0. Go Iron.